This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Uh, the title of my sermon this morning is, is What Makes a Christian? What Makes a Christian? In Galatians 5 verse 6, we read the following, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. What makes someone a Christian? Paul writes in a time where this was probably one of the biggest debates within the early church. The biggest debates and divide within the early church. You see, for the early church was primarily Jewish. It was Jewish believers. And this is a very difficult concept for them to work through. God made a covenant with Abram and his descendants. God revealed himself to Israel, entrusted to them the law, and instructed them through the law. And even Jesus, the Messiah, was born a Jew under the law. Jesus himself said to the Sumerian women at the well in John 4, verse 22, You Sumerians worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So we see Christianity started amongst the Jews. The first church was in Jerusalem, primarily consisted of Jewish believers. And one of these questions that the early church had to wrestle through was, is salvation in Christ a continuation of the old covenant, or is it a new covenant? Another challenge was whether this salvation in Christ was for the Jews only. God's elect people, or was it also for the Gentiles? And this Gentile issue was a big issue for the early church. And we see how throughout the writings of the New Testament, this was constantly challenged, these two concepts. What is it that makes a Christian? And on one hand, uh, through the ministry of Paul and God's revelation to Peter, it, it settled this issue of the Gentiles also being added into this new covenant. But it was still difficult. It was still difficult for the Jews to grasp with. And remember, even for Peter, you know, God had to specifically speak to him through that vision and that powerful leading him to the Gentiles, seeing the Holy Spirit fall upon them. And then finally he understood that, that it was also for the Gentile and not only for the Jew. But the next challenge was, do one obtain salvation through the old covenant or, or, or the new covenant? Is it through circumcision that ties us to the covenant God made with Israel and the adherence of the law as a requirement of salvation? Or is it through a new covenant by grace through faith? It was a challenge. But for most of us here today, we know the answer. Praise God, it is through a new covenant by grace through faith. But what did it mean for the Jew, and what does it mean for the Gentile? 
It is in this context that Paul writes to the Galatian church. And, you know, I, I, I feel for Paul because everywhere where he goes, he teaches the new covenant by grace through faith. And the moment, almost within a week or a month that he left a church, some of Jerusalem would come and teach them that they need to be circumcised. And then Paul had to write a letter again to remind them of everything that he taught them. And, and, and so that was Paul's part of Paul's ministry, part of the cross that he had to bear. And most of those challenges didn't come from outside of the church. It came from within the church. It was the believers, Jewish believers, that challenged this concept. And it's in this context that Paul writes, and he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And I want you just for a moment to, to close your eyes, just where you are seated. And I want you to repeat these words, not audibly, but silently within your heart as you meditate upon it. I want you to repeat after me. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You can open your eyes. The only thing that counts is faith Expressing itself through love. Some call this brainwashing. I hope I have succeeded. You know, as the Word of God says, you know, we shouldn't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I wish brainwashing was so simple. Of all the other things that you have learned and been exposed of and to, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. For Paul, this is ultimately what it means to be a Christian. Faith in Christ that expresses itself through love. Apart from having the Holy Spirit, this is the sign that you are indeed a Christian. And so he writes to the Ephesians church, he says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. As a matter of fact, he writes to the Colossians church the very same thing. And what makes it so powerful, when he writes to the Colossians church, this is a church that he did not plant. Someone else planted this church. This is a church that he hasn't met yet. And yet, he has heard the report of the following, and he writes to them in Colossians 1 verse 3. He says, we give thanks to God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints. This was the sign to Paul that you're indeed Christian. Hallelujah. And once we heard of your faith and your love for all the saints, we knew that you were Christian and we didn't stop thanking God for you. And I cannot wait to get to you. Because I know you are Christian. Faith and love for all the saints. 
He writes to the Thessalonians church. He says, we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because of your faith that is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. He writes to Philemon, and he says to you, I thank God and making mention you've always in my prayer, hearing of your faith and lo- your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. It is faith expressing itself. Faith expressing itself through love. See, Paul says the outward religious practices has no value. It is the inward transformation that expresses itself through faith that has value. You see, the outward practices cannot replace the inward transformation. Coming to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian. Like Pastor Sia says, you know, just like sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. The outward practices is not a sign of the inward transformation. It is the new creation and what it expresses. So it's not the outward that gains salvation. It is the inward transformation that expresses itself in the outward, but not the other way around. We come to church every Sunday because of something that happened within us, that loves us, that, that, that draws us to this love, which is God and what He desires and what pleases Him. We come to every church because we love God so much and we see His desire for us to be together as a family. Therefore, we come to church every Sunday. But what makes me a Christian is not the fact that I am here every Sunday. What makes me a Christian is because my faith in God that transformed me, that expresses itself in love towards one another. And I can see how deep is your love in how you live. How deep is your love for God? (laughs) Because if you love God, you will be drawn to Him and it will express itself in love. That's why Paul writes in Galatians 6 verse 15, it says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation, that inward transformation. He writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 19, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. That inward faith transformation that expresses itself. That is what matters. And here he says, keeping the commandments of God is what matters. But if you were to summarize the commandments of God, How would you do that? What would be a summary of the commandments of God? Love. (laughs) Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, you must love God and you must love your neighbor. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that you must love one another as I have loved you. By this the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It is faith expressing itself through love that counts. And so Jesus says, and the word of God continues, 
In 1 John 3, it says, And this is His commandment, that you believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Therefore, Paul writes in Galatians, he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It is not just faith, but it is faith expressing itself in love. It is the new creation that expresses itself in obedience through love because we are drawn to that what pleases God. As a matter of fact, if your faith does not express itself in love, it means nothing. We read in 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 1, it says, Though I speak with tongues and men of an, and of angels, but I do not love I have become a sounding brass and a clinging sample. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the faith that I can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have given my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. James says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he doesn't have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. You see, faith is practical. Faith is meant to express itself. Express itself. In a particular way, and, and, the, and, the, and the best summary of this expression that proves life indeed is love. Love is such a powerful, motivated, motivating force that leads us to care for the other, to, to esteem the other higher than ourselves, to sacrifice for the other. It's love. You know, the powerful thing about love is you can do great deeds without love and it means nothing. But you can do the smallest act in love and it changes everything. Love is so powerful. And so the only thing that counts is a faith in God that expresses itself through love. It's a practical expression of love. In 1 John 3, verse 16, we read, By this we know love, because He laid down His life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and see his brother in need and shut up his heart for him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word and in tongue, but in deed and truth. Love needs to express itself. What I love about this church is, is this love we have for one another. So many testimonies of people joining the church, they, they have this common story of the love that they experienced when they joined the church, when they came here for the very first time. I love this church because when there's need in the community, we respond and we act in love. 
Therefore, as Paul prays for the church, I pray for us and I pray for myself. Here in Philippians 1 verse 8, he says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and the depth and of insight, and that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus. That is my prayer for us as a church, that we will abound even more and more in our love for one another. Faith expressing itself through love. And 1 John 4 from verse 11, one of these scriptures that, that really challenges and guides and, and directs me, not just as an individual, but as a pastor for us as a church. What is it that God desires for us? Where are we going? How should church ultimately express itself? How should I lead us to this place that, that pleases God? I find it in this scripture. It's one of those scriptures that, that really challenges and guides me. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected amongst us. If we love one another, it's so powerful. If we love one another the way God loves us, it says so powerfully, no one has ever seen God. And there are so many people that may visit and join us for various reasons. But most of them, they want to see God. They want to know if God is real. And the Word of God declares to us that if we love one another, even though no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. So powerful. And then, then this, 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 this powerful statement that God's love has been perfected amongst us. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. And they will experience and see and feel God in the way we love each other. And then this powerful statement that God's love has been perfected amongst us. The Greek word for that is teleo, which literally means to fulfill, to finish, to perfect. It's this beautiful picture of, of a potter that is working with clay. And in his mind, he has a vase that he, that he wants to form and shape. And, and so he starts on the table to, to take this clay and to form it and to shape it until this vase is telio, finished, complete, perfected. And so God is in work in me and he's in work in us as a church. And he wants to shape and form us until we are able to love the way he loves us. And then it's finished. It's complete. It's perfected. And so God has a desire to continue to work in my life. And in our life as a church that we would love each other. If a brother or sister, the love for all the saints... If a brother or sister is naked, that we will not shut up our hearts, but that we would love. That our faith, faith would be expressed through the way we love and care for one another. To connect, to fellowship, and to love is an, 
It's an act of worship unto God. It is an overflow of the love that we have received. We love because He first loved us. And, and that love that transforms us becomes evident in the way we love one another. Love is practical. It's our brother or sister that is in need and sick or in prison. It is practical when we are coming together. When we're coming together, it's not just to worship God, but, but, it, but it, is, it is the foundation, it's the platform, it's the starting point of expressing our faith. Not just in our worship, but primarily in the way we love each other. When we fellowship afterwards, it is an opportunity to express our faith in loving each other, connecting fellowship, caring for one another. Seeing and hearing the need and meeting that need in one another. That's God's heart for us as a church. And when we get it right to love one another, the brother and sister, it will help us to love those outside of the church. And I know sometimes it's easier to love a stranger than someone in the church. But, but that's what God calls us to. It starts within and and then so powerful, when Paul writes, he writes to these Christians, he says, it's not just your faith in Jesus and your love for each other. It's your love for all the saints. That love was expressed through their giving and caring, not just for their own congregations, but for all the Christians. And so this love starts within the local church and grows beyond it, and then beyond the church. That is God's purpose for us. That's God's heart for us. That's what He's shaping us to become. It's not just when we come together, but it's when we serve in church. When, when somebody serves coffee as an expression of their faith and love for God. And they love others. Because that's who God is. That's God's heart and desire. When we serve in the welcome team as an usher or, or a kiddies church, it's an expression of faith. When, when, when we take that step of faith, you know, I'm an introvert. It takes huge faith to stand up this stage. It, it, it takes huge faith for me to connect with somebody I don't know. It's a step of faith. But that's exactly what it's meant to be. It's an expression of faith through love. Through connecting with somebody and, and caring and seeing how we can help and meet needs in one another's lives. That's what brings bring glory to God. You know, the greatest expression of worship, I can't remember who said it, I read it somewhere. The greatest expression of worship, and it makes so much sense, the greatest expression of worship is imitation. When we imitate God, when we become like Christ in this world, God is most glorified. And, and so God encourages us to have faith in Him, but to be transformed by His love. That we may ourselves love the way He loves. And so He wants to form us and shape us. My question this morning is, how does your faith express itself in love? I want you to close your eyes again just for a moment. 
And I want you to think of one way you can express your faith through love at work. How can you express your faith through love at work? Maybe you work from home or, or maybe you, you look after the children. But I want you just to think for a moment, how can you express your faith through love from Monday to Friday? I want you to think of something else. I, I want you to think of how you can express your faith through love at church. Now I want us just in your own words, where you're seated, just ask God to help you. <laughs> to help you to increase more and more in your love for each other. Just where you are, just where you're seated, just ask God for that. God, I pray that you will help us, Lord, as individuals, but also as your church, this congregation, as a starting point, ourselves and our brothers and sisters here, Lord, that you will help us to express our faith in love towards one another. God, help us to, to see the need Help us to care and help us to give, even, even at the cost of ourselves, because we see, Lord, that's how you love us. At the cost of yourself, you gave yourself so that we can have life. Lord, I pray that you will help us by your Spirit to be transformed more and more, that we'll be able to love each other in this way. And while your eyes are closed, I have to ask this question, if you are here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to God who loves you, this is an opportunity for you this morning. Heaven stands with great anticipation of somebody choosing to respond to God's love for them. That's why He gave His Son to prove to us, but to make a way for us. And if you're here this morning and, and you want to respond to a God that loves you, or maybe you are here and you, you know you've gone astray from God and, and you want to return to Him. If this is you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity just to respond just where you are, while all the eyes are closed, just to express that desire to embrace a God that loves you or return to Him by just raising your hand and say, God, here I am. I, I want to respond to your love for my life. Is there anybody like this that just want thank you for that? And is there anybody else just, just to raise your hand? Thank you. Just, just between you and the Lord, thank you for that hand. Just want to give you a moment. 
Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for each and every person, Lord, that is expressing their desire, Lord, to connect with you, to belong to you, to give their life to you, to return to you. I thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you were willing to give everything. Your Son, Lord, you were willing to give your life so that we can be restored to you. That you are a Father that loves us and, and when we respond to you, Lord, you run towards us. And so, Father, I thank you for each and every person that is responding to you this morning. Lord, I thank you that you will embrace them, that you will pick them up, Lord, that you will give them a kiss, a ring on their finger, Lord, a garment on them, shoes on their feet. Lord, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that we will not be like the older brother, but that we will celebrate every soul that comes into your kingdom, every soul that steps closer to you. That we will be so excited, Lord, about what you are doing in the lives of people around us. Lord, I pray that you will make us soft as clay. Take away the stones, the offenses, all the arguments, all the reasons that keep us from loving. Make us soft again, Lord, I pray. That we will live in a way that pleases you, not because we have to, but because... We love you, and we want to do, we want to imitate you. We want to become like you, because there's no one greater than you. Lord, I ask that you will do this in us and through us, that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name. I just want you for a moment to consider three people. First is Yanni. Um, he's been diagnosed with cancer and the doctors can no longer help him. He joined our church during lockdown and he didn't really have an opportunity to connect in a, in a small group and hasn't been able to come to church ever since because of his own frailty and the risk of COVID and and so they're really isolated as a family. But I want us to, to pray for Yanni and his wife. And, you know, if God lays in your heart to go and visit them, you, you're more than welcome. You can get the details from us. Let's pray and ask God that he will intervene and, and heal and restore. Because nothing is impossible for God. And then the next person is Brahm. That's him and his children and his grandchildren. Brahm is going home. Probably today or tomorrow. Not his home here on earth. He's going home to be with the Lord. But nothing is impossible for God. God can heal him. But if God chooses not to, that we will pray first for his healing, but if God chooses to take him home, that, that God's grace will give him the strength to finish this last 10 meters full of faith, full of hope, and with peace in his heart as God's presence will be with him and, and that God will be with his family to strengthen them this very difficult time. 
And then there's Hermann. He's also being diagnosed with, with cancer. And we'll pray that God will, would intervene and heal them. Doctors can't help him anymore. But God can. And so I want us just to um, pray for these three individuals. For Yanni, for Brahm, for Herman. Just take a minute. Pray to the person next to you. Let's just bring them before the Lord. Ask them for God's grace to intervene and to heal them. Because nothing is impossible for God. That God will restore them, renew them. But if God chooses to take them home, that God will grant them the same grace that they'll be able to finish these last 50 meters in such a way that it will bring glory to God with faith and hope and assurance that death is not the end and God is waiting for them. Let's pray together for them. Let's bring them and their families before the Lord. Just for a minute, will you do that? Just where you're seated. Just turn to the person next to you. If you're on your own, just by yourself. Yes, Father, thank you that we know nothing is impossible for you. You saved someone like me. Nothing is impossible for you. Lord, we saw through your son how you healed everyone that came to you. It didn't matter their disease. It didn't matter what the doctor said. It didn't matter how close they were to death. We even saw you raise the dead. So nothing is impossible for you. And so we bring our friends to you, Yanni and Brahm and Herman, Lord, and we pray, Father, that you will have mercy on them, that you will heal them, that you will restore them to us, Lord, we pray for ourselves, God, that you'll open our eyes to see the need around us. And that you'll help us, Lord, to express our faith in you. To express that faith through the way we love each other. God, help us to love in such a way that the world may know that we are your disciples. And that you may be glorified through everything we do and say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.